Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. This is Kelsey Kemp, and I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling, then practically land a job or start a business that's aligned with it so they could lead a very meaningful and impactful, faithful career. Anyway, so that's what this podcast is all about as well, and the particular facet of career conversations that we're approaching today is why I believe you absolutely must negotiate every single chance you get, especially in these new job offers that you might be racking up, or even in raise conversations or promotions or whatnot, or even asking for promotions or raises before you're approached with, um, with that opportunity. Why do I care about this so much? Well, this is very fresh on my mind because I actually just got off the phone with a friend who called me up today. It's so funny. She's actually a CPA. So she was answering some of my accounting questions. And she was also like, by the way, I have this tricky situation with a... Um, a situation in which she was given a promotion with significant increase in responsibilities, but not even close to a raise that would reflect fair compensation for that. Um, and it's also very tricky because she did find out that a male counterpart who does not have the qualifications that she has, um, she is being paid less than him. So, oh gosh. Okay. So I just thought, it, just in having that conversation with her and helping her prepare for a really good conversation in which she could contend for herself in a way with a lot of integrity and value and ultimately get the compensation that she deserves, I thought, gosh, this is such an important conversation to expand to the podcast and share with you all. So I can't believe, side note, I just said you all. It's as if I'm not even Texan. Let me correct myself. Y'all, <laughs> it is so important. Um, and by the way, I don't want to just be speaking to women uh, in this podcast. I am also a assuming that I do have quite a large male audience as well. It's pretty balanced. And so um, I do believe that there's many men who are listening to this and just want to sharpen um, their skills in negotiating as well. Or maybe they deal with some of these lies and fears that I'm about to mention as well. I don't want to just put this all on women and say, this is only like a chick thing, you know? <laughs> no, um, I certainly help my male clients with salary negotiations as well give them the whole pump up talk, the mindset, um, and then the practicals to do it. So I'm speaking across the board here, but I just do want to mention that especially if you are a female or a minority, I literally see it as your duty to embrace being a negotiator. Because I saw a study recently that said if nothing if like no active approach is taken in negotiating for yourself and like women really contending, it was especially about gender parity um, in salary negotiations, that if we just take uh, salary negotiations or offers as they are and we expect companies to just say, oh, you know what, we're gonna, we're just gonna fix this ourselves and start saying, even though you didn't ask for it, you know, Sally, you aren't getting as much as Jim and Bob over here and we're just gonna give it to you. If we just expect this situation to correct itself and put the responsibility on the backs of the companies, then it would take an estimated 180 years to close the gender pay gap. It is time 
for you to engage in the normal expected professional adult uh, activity that again is expected and it speaks well of you when you contend for yourself in a salary negotiation. It's time to take an active approach to close this pay gap. So lies and fears that I often see hold people back from negotiating. A couple. One is the I don't deserve it. Maybe this is an entry-level position for you. You're breaking into a new industry or you're like, it's a nonprofit. I bet that they can't pay any more than this. I'm just grateful for what it is. The truth is, even if you think you don't deserve to negotiate, let the numbers in your research speak for itself before you take an emotional stance or opinion on this. No matter what you think about what you deserve, Deserve. Again, let me say you need to do your market research, not just going to Glassdoor, LinkedIn, Indeed, or Payscale or anything like that, because trust me, the employers have already looked at that and assume that you're looking at that somewhat inaccurate guesstimate of salary information and what you need to do is go beyond those numbers and not just rest on them. But I always recommend to my clients, uh, and this is a tip right here, to reach out to like I would really expand your search. Just go ahead and cast the net wide and reach out to three to five women, three to five men at firms of a sim- similar industry, sa- scale, size, scope, whatever, all those things. Look at, uh, approach those people in a similar role, level and responsibilities uh, at competitor firms, both an equal number of both men and women. And What you're going to do, I know you probably just got some sweaty armpits there. Nope, don't worry. This is extremely tasteful. You're not asking anyone for your salary, uh, their salary information. The tasteful way to go about this that people are more than willing and happy to help with is if you just say, hi, I noticed that you have a similar role. I'm interviewing for X position. um, And according to my market research, I'm thinking that a fair salary to pitch uh, should a negotiation uh, conversation come to play is between X and Y. Does that sound like a fair salary range to you or are there any additional considerations that you would suggest I take into account? You're asking for their opinion, which people are more than happy to always provide their opinion. Like, don't be bashful about reaching out to as many people as you want with this kind of message. Strangers are not Um, because you're asking for someone's opinion. Again, that honors them. They love that. (laughs) So, and you're not asking anyone for their salary, though they might share it in stating their opinion on if that's a fair number or not. So when you know your numbers and know a fair range and are able to cite these um, salary ranges with similar roles at competitor firms, then that is a very, very strong basis to be able to say, okay, one, I'm prepared to pitch this, come and offer. Uh, Then two, you don't have to say like, I don't know if I'm personally deserving of the even engaging in a salary negotiation conversation let the numbers speak for themselves. Because if you know without a shadow of a doubt through your extensive research that everyone in that kind of role is making between $70,000 and $78,000 and you get an offer for sixty-two, dollars then you absolutely need to negotiate. 
So then a second uh, lie or fear that I hear is just, you like salary negotiating that negotiations that's kind of greedy like I'm really grateful for this job I I'm so grateful just for any offer I don't need more than what they're already offering I don't care about the money that last little statement is the kicker there like I don't it's not about the money for me I don't care about it the truth is that the company has a need and you are the solution to this need for help. They are hiring for this role because it will ultimately help their bottom line <laughs> and their business and also make, I'm sure like other reasons for hiring this role is that it's going to make the team's life easier. The boss is going to be so happy that you're there to like share the, uh, the workload and all of this. You are making everyone's lives happier and easier and you are contributing to the bottom line of this company. Your work will tangibly benefit them. And trust me, they have, I mean, any like really solid company is going to know es- like a estimate for how much, um, especially in like professional services, I think so tangibly, like they know that at an 80% billable hours rate, um, consultants getting 275 an hour for their billable rate, and their salary is like a much smaller percentage of that. Like, trust me, the company is going to be if you're doing a good job, and they've designed the role, right, you're going to be making them plenty of money. So This job that they are offering to you isn't a favor or a gift to you. It is a win for them. Therefore, it's natural to just make sure that the benefit you'll be delivering to them is reciprocated with fair competitive compensation. The truth is you also, gosh, okay, if you're saying like, I don't care about the money, it's not a, it's uh, like, it's not about the money for me. If you are not going to negotiate for yourself, then please at least negotiate for your family, whether or not you're married with kids now or later or whatever. Make sure that you're at least asking for the highest range of the salary that they have already budgeted for. Because by the way, the HR team has all like, no matter what, without exception, they have budgeted a range for this role. And they are never going to give you the top (laughs) right away. It is so like, okay, they most of the time are absolutely expecting a negotiation to happen. And so if they have already budgeted, for instance, between 60 and $64,000 for the salary for this role that you got, and they give you 60 in the initial offer, behind the scenes, they're like, oh, okay, well, she didn't ask for the rest that we budgeted for. You have to do it. They've already budgeted a range and you're never getting the best offer in the first pitch. It's just an initial job uh, job salary offer or it's just an initial salary um, estimate or pitch in that first offer letter that you're delivered. You need to come back and ask again. And so anyway, when you just at least make yourself ask once, okay, so you you get the job offer and you come back with an email and I literally, I have a template developed for my clients and how to just come back via email 
after you get the formal offer with how to super respectfully and still asserting a lot of value, reinforcing the value that you're tangibly going to deliver to this company, um, and therefore setting up a very natural proposal for a higher salary, suggest a higher range and asking, is there any flexibility in that? If you don't at least make yourself send one email, even if they're like, no, and you're like, okay, I give up. Maybe next time I'll be braver. Like you have to do it. You're if not for you, it's for your loved one, it's it's for your community, it's for your current or future family, because even, and this is why I believe that you need to be practicing negotiation with every single job offer from the beginning of your career to the end, is I almost see it like compounding interest. When you invest in your retirement in your 20s, oh my gosh, you should look up studies for how that compounds over the rest of your career and how that $1 you contribute before you turn 30 years old to your retirement did so much more work for you in compounding. Even if you contributed nothing for the, uh, like this crazy study that I saw, I don't mean to get too sidetracked, but um, was that if someone contributed $200 a month to their retirement between the ages of 21 and 30 and then stopped contributing for the rest of their career, they would retire with, it was something like $1.9 million in retirement. And if someone else also contributed $200, and by the way, that was like overall that $1.9 million, that was from like $21,000 total that was contributed in their 20s. And so look at how that expanded. And then it for someone who contributes that same $200 a month between the ages of 31 and 65, it, it had so much less time to compound that they ended up contributing like $96,000 to their retirement and it only grew to like $1.6 So anyway, my point in how this relates to salary negotiation is actually every single time that you negotiate your salary and every time that you you actually increase your earning potential for the rest of your career. It has a ripple effect, especially since um, this is, cor- well, unfortunately, many states are now outlawing this, this question that people commonly get asked, but usually uh, recruiters, hiring managers, whatever, HR professionals, they will always try to weasel out of you, what is your current salary? And I provide scripts to my clients for how to dodge this question because it's inappropriate uh, the vast majority of the time and you don't deserve to be limited to that salary that was based off of an offer you got two years ago. Um, But anyway, the opposite works. If you increase your salary, um, well, what the point I'm trying to make is actually that you compound your earning potential every single time that you bump up your salary. And so the earlier you start, the better. Um, So think of it, like in this example, if this, like the friend that I was talking to on the phone, uh, I don't know exactly how much she makes, but let's say just because her male counterpart um, who does not have a CPA, and my friend actually does, uh, he hasn't even finished his master's work, just because he had multiple offers to leverage against um, the one that he was, that he ultimately accepted with this firm, Um, They were like, oh, well, we don't want to lose this candidate. Let's give him more money. Um, Just because he did that, now every time he gets 
uh, a raise, which standard is like between, well, it varies, but between four to six percent, it's often it can be like up to 10 percent with each raise each year um, or in terms of a yearly raise. The base amount do you see, like, it's higher. And so it's, it's always going to be more than my female friends, unless she starts doing some super heavy lifting to at least get on the same page right now, uh, which is why she's initiating this uh, negotiation conversation that I was walking her through. Um, but that's my point. And you've got to do it. And then also just to go a little bit more and give you more detail into if you're not going to do it for yourself and you, of course, like want to have a selfless attitude, then here's some more detail on how you could be super selfless about this. It is not for you. It is for your future family. Literally in increasing not just your current salary, but your earning potential over time. If you don't currently have kids, you're literally going to have the money to hire a better nanny so you could keep on working or whatever. That's just like one example once you have kids. And you're also going to be able to contribute way more to their college fund. You're going to be able to send them to a better school or you're going to be able to take your family on a vacation that's going to like create memories that last a lifetime. Literally, it will mean so much in the provision that you're able to give to your family. And even if you're single, um, can you really bless a friend by having extra wiggle room in your budget and be able to like encourage a friend by paying for their meal and taking them out to dinner because you have more wiggle room. Um, also if you're someone who tithes, um, oh my gosh, that's like, well, traditionally a percentage of your income. Think of how much that impacts your church and your community at large, and even the international uh, missions that um, your church might be contributing to. It has such an impact. And then also, like I was saying, it increased every time that, especially as a, a minority or a female, you are also, well, even if you're not, no matter who you are, when you are negotiating your salary, every time you bump it up, you also increase the likelihood that it's bumped up for the person that comes in behind you. And so think about it, especially if you're a minority or a female and you, um, someone else comes up behind you who is also a minority or a female, you also just help them out. <laughs> okay. So, um, there are, it's just such a ripple effect in how it helps so many more people besides you. It is not greedy or pushy to negotiate your salary. But the other thing I wanted to address, one more thing I hear is they'll think I'm ungrateful or I'm pushy if I try to negotiate my salary. If I come back with a, yeah, but can it be more after they give me an offer that I'm so excited for and I don't want to put a bad taste in their mouth. I want them to like me. Here's here's the truth. It's actually the opposite that's true. Having a respectful, very professional conversation to negotiate uh, terms that to match the value that you'll be delivering to this company actually only enhances the perception of value, professionalism, and business acumen that you possess. And oh my gosh, so think of it. it I think any reasonable person who is on the other side of the table um, at this company that you'll soon be working for, when they see how respectfully 
and powerfully you advocate for yourself, it should also be communicating to them, wow, she's going to be or he's going to be so valuable when they are advocating on our company's behalf by being a sharpshooter in this position. Like this is so important. And also, um, just on a technical note, that this is a normal practice. The HR team is literally expecting you to negotiate on the vast majority, uh, in about the vast majority of circumstances. Um, there are very, very, very few situations in which salary is truly fixed. Even if it is the case, you can negotiate other terms uh, to the benefits included in this offer. Think of global compensation and perks and whatnot. And so that's more details for another time, especially that I help my clients with after like several rounds of back and forth. If it's truly fixed, which it almost never is, there are other things that you can negotiate like 401k matching rate, um, paid time off, uh, sign on bonuses, uh, even, um, stipends for moving or a learning and development budget. Um, There are so many things, so many things, even if you have your eyes on like a special certification or a conference that you want to go to, the company probably has a special budget that you could tap into uh, to get you going there and enhancing your career in that way. So anyway, um, those are one of some of the many, many reasons why I believe it is so important, professional, expected of you, faithful, good-hearted, in integrity to negotiate your salary. You are not undeserving of it and it is not an icky thing to do. Uh, It does not have to be about your personal feelings or your sense of self-worth. I would, of course, first recommend that you do not include your personal preferences, like your salary negotiation isn't just because you're like, dang, I do want to take five trips to Cabo next year, or I want to live, I don't want to live in that part of town that my offer is in, or that the, um, the office is in, I want to live like in a high rise downtown. Like it's not that you're not asking the company to pay for your whims and your preferences. No, it's based on the value that you are prepared and proven uh, in what you will deliver for them. And it's also most of all based on fair market rate, which you need to research beyond just like I said, the classic going on LinkedIn salary. Um, estimates or Glassdoor pay scale or whatever it is. Go and do your research by directly asking um, for the input from people in similar roles at competitors. That is going to really help you because the HR team will (laughs) be prepared for them to come back with like, well, where did you get that number? Um, And if you're just like, well, on Glassdoor, sure, that does matter if there is a huge discrepancy, but most of the time they've already looked at that and it's going to match it. And so you need to bring up some other sources. Um, but here's what you have to do to negotiate. I want to make this really practical for you. Of course, there's so much more to cover on this and this is what I do for my clients. But um, what you have to do to negotiate is one, like I said, do your market research and know your numbers. Two, from the beginning, if you are especially um, in the application phase for a new job that you want to negotiate once you receive the offer, not just, but even if you're uh, in a promotion or raise conversation um, at an existing job, make sure that you're always having these conversations in terms of reinforcing the tangible value 
reinforce the awareness that the decision maker has of the tangible value that you um, deliver or are prepared to deliver for this company. Um, Tie it back to their bottom line. Man, that's like the ultimate mic drop. (laughs) Um, And then three, I really want to encourage you to have leverage. There's three things I want to say on this. One, I very much want to encourage you to do your best to get multiple offers on the table. Play that numbers game. And two, like this really supports the ultimate negotiation tool across every single circumstance, no matter if, oh my gosh, I have so many stories of how powerful the be willing to walk away principle is. This is how I have... (laughs) probably swindled car dealerships <laughs> into giving me more money for my trade-in than maybe it deserved. Is that, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, but I have, I mean, this is how I get like killer deals on so many things and probably drive a much nicer car than you would think. That's, I paid less for it than a Honda Civic. Um, but anyway, um, but the be willing to walk away principle, that is irreplaceable in a salary negotiation conversation or any negotiation conversation. Um, And how you do that is you literally have backup offers. (laughs) And uh, otherwise, reference your willingness to go generate some. Uh, Of course, doing this in a tactful way is an additional conversation that is helpful. uh, And what I cover with my clients, uh, both in our sessions and in the materials and how-to guides that I provide them. Um, But I want to encourage you to embrace that principle. The third is, um, besides get multiple offers, which kind of supports my second point of be willing to walk away. Um, then three, deflect their requests to know your past or current salary and resist their questions when they ask you to state your salary expectations. You want to resist this with every ounce of effort that you've got until you actually have an offer on the table because they, like, they're not sold on you yet, especially a lot of recruiters, um, or HR associates that are going to be on your first round phone interview, well, I guess a lot of interviews are virtual these days, is they're going to come at you or even in the application with like, what are your salary expectations? That's one thing that I cover in how to dissuade um, with a lot of grace intact. But then the really, in my mind, unacceptable question uh, is, um, what is your current salary? And they're going to try to limit you to what they think you're just used to. Uh, instead of it's not about your past offer. It probably has very little to do with it. Like you are uh, up for a new role that has probably expanded scope um, and additional responsibilities. And also you're a different professional than that salary rate that was set a year and a half ago at a different company who might even be in a different industry that has almost nothing to do with it. And it it's all about where you're going and the value you're going to provide there, not what you're used to in the past. And so there's many ways that you could respect, respectfully deflect this question or just straight up state that uh, that is not relevant uh, for this position. But um, the whole point here is that the first one to play their hand kind of loses. This is a a traditional across the board and across circumstances um, negotiation principle. The first one to play their hand is the weakest. And so you also want to deflect uh, this until they are bought in 
with an offer. Like you're the candidate for them. They want to make it happen. Um, so don't play your hand first. Wait until they've given you an offer. Um, if they absolutely, again, this is kind of past the scope of what I planned this episode to be because I really just want to focus on convincing you that you absolutely must, it is in integrity and a good professional thing to do to negotiate every single job offer and you have no reason to feel icky or undeserving about it. Um, but anyway, deflect those questions. And those are the three things that are going to give you leverage as you negotiate. So if you want to learn more about exactly how to handle each and every aspect of your salary negotiation conversation, which I am so passionate about helping people navigate this, heck, it's kind of a little personal win of mine is um, one of my goals is kind of help my clients play this game of like, more than pay for your coaching just by negotiating this one time, even though it's not even limited to that. Because like I'm saying, this even bumping up your salary one time, it increases your earning potential for the rest of your life. So it's crazy. Um, anyway, but if you want to learn more about exactly how to do that, how and how to handle each and every aspect of the salary negotiation conversation, whether it's in the in-person aspects and conversations at each stage of the job application phase or it via email and how to do very in-depth market research, including scripts and how to reach out to people, how to set your strong pitch with a reasonable yet ambitious salary range that you really strongly can back up, how to respond to their requests for your salary expectations before it's time, how to prep your mindset so you don't feel icky about it and address whatever specific fears that you might be feeling right now about it. Um, or what to email and what to say in the back and forth, even how to negotiate things past your salary. Because like I said, it's all about the global pa uh, package, as I mentioned earlier. Um, there's so much more to it than your base pay. So much more. So if you want to learn about how to do all those things, one, I have the Job Offer Accelerator coming up that will be launched uh, soon in the new year. And so you could get on the wait list for that at kelseykemp.com slash joboffereaccelerator. That that is my program for anyone who already knows what they want to do or they're in the midst of a job hunt and they're very clear on what they're called to do and what they want and all of those things, which I didn't mention that in, the, in this episode, but that's like the fundamental, you have to really believe and know in what you want. Um, so that's kind of a foundational element before you even approach negotiations. But if you're already clear on what you want and you're just like, Kelsey, I really just want help, like... <laughs> landing better job offers faster, then that is exactly why I designed the Job Offer Accelerator. It is a resource library template and worksheet um, treasure chest <laughs> of things, everything you need to know about salary negotiation, how to optimize your resume to get it put at the top of the stack, even if you have no experience, quote, no experience what you think. I'm all about those transferable skills. In a new industry, if you're making a career pivot, this is going to be highly applicable to you. How to write a cover letter that's super persuasive and might even be the tiebreaker um, if they're between you and one other candidate. How to, well, how to network your way into landing an interview at your dream company. How to, oh gosh, so many things. Gosh, there. I'm just, this is all top of mind, but there are templates and worksheets and everything in order to set you up with everything you need in order to land better job offers faster. So we, every single career transition you make or job leap you make, you are so set up with the tangible skills that you need 
to be a baller. So anyway, if you would like access to that when it comes out, then you could go ahead and be in the know-how and get on the wait list again at kelseykemp.com slash job offer accelerator. But if you actually first need to get crystal clear on what you want and where you're called to go in your career and how you're called to serve and what your superpowers are in that arena and the exact role uh, or even business idea that's going to help you fulfill it, then, oh my gosh, career coaching is for you. Go ahead and learn more about my proven process at kelseykemp.com slash coaching. And the Job Offer Accelerator resources are have already been in beta mode and available to my clients. Um, in the deep dive coaching program. That is my signature program that I work with most of my clients through. So if you want early access and want my in-depth help, literally on like on call, helping you with every single part of being your personal career concierge through every part of your career transition, then go to kelseykemp.com slash coaching and you can schedule a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to see if it's the time and the perfect fit for you. We will objectively assess that. Anyway, I really hope and I pray that this conversation was super powerful for you. Oh gosh, because I could just so believe in the power and the, the power of negotiation and literally the tangible impact that it will make not just on your life like that is what I think is a really small part of it but your community your family the people that come up behind you in this position uh, even your friends you're able to uplift and help them after you have a really um, successful salary negotiation story like I really, really believe that you help lift a lot of people up by just engaging in this normal practice. So I hope that this helped you. Let me know if it did. You could connect with me on LinkedIn at Kelsey Kemp or over on Instagram where I hang out a lot at Kelsey underscore the called career. All right. See you soon.